and welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with ASAP. I am your host ASAP, and today I will be talking about this week in WWE. And this is basically what I'm be doing every Friday. I now have figured it out. I am done reviewing Raw and SmackDown individually. I am done doing that. Reviewing the shows does nothing. That does nothing. People watch these shows. They don't need me to review it. They know what happens. So what I'm going to be doing is talking about the major talking points, giving my opinions on it, my passionate, 100% unfiltered, uncensored opinion on it. I'm just going to go in on WWE. I'm going to give it some fantasy booking. I'm going to do all that shit. Also, I'm trying to find a first guest on my new new segment I'm doing on my podcast called Off the Top. And basically, that's going to be my first take style wrestling show. Basically, come on the show, and we're going to argue, argue some shit, basically. We don't have to argue. We can't agree. But basically, what's going to happen is I'm going to have some topics, and basically, you just stand, you just say your stance. And if you have a rebuttal with me, we're going to go fucking head to head. We're going to do some shit. I don't care. I want people to come on here. I want people to come talk wrestling passionately with me. I don't want no stupid-ass wrestling. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this. There's some stupid-ass wrestling fans out there. We all know there is some irrational stupid-ass fans. I want people who know the product on here. I don't want no bullshit. I want people who know the product. I want people who will talk about wrestling as passionate as I will. And, man, if, if it starts popping, who knows where this can lead. So I'm looking for somebody to come on this on this first take style show called Off the Top. Whoever wants to come, hit my hit my DM up. We're going to try to figure something out. We can do it on Google Hangout or Skype. We're going to figure some shit out. But I'm ready to get this shit started. I'm ready to start inter- interacting with y'all. I'm ready to start talking passionate about wrestling with y'all. Whew. Anyway, let's talk about the major talking points. I'm going to split these these this week in WWE in half. Like I'm going to talk about the major talking points from Raw first. Cut it and then go to SmackDown. You know what I'm saying? It's all going to be one episode. It's going to be one good listen. It's going to flow nice. It's going to be better than just reviewing the whole product in itself. Let's take talking about the major points on Raw. This week on Raw, Braun Strowman got a world heavyweight title shot. And I loved how he went about getting it. He fucking used evidence. He used evidence and fucking logic to get a WWE title shot. And it, it fucking it made sense on why he uh why he attacked Roman at the Royal Rumble. It was, it was actually perfect. And then when the match actually happened, he came out and he took out Chris Jericho from the get-go because he knew Chris Jericho would be a factor in it. So for WWE to be showing that Braun is more than just fucking strength, he actually has some fucking brains. And I think WWE forgets to give their monsters brains sometimes. I feel like sometimes they just send out a big guy and they're like, just wreck shit. But nah, it, it's different with Braun right now and I like it. Braun uses logic. Braun uses his strength, but also logic. So that's a different twist on the on the big monster heel. So I like I like the way that shit's going. And Braun, I wasn't a fan when he first came in, but he is now one of my favorite parts of Raw every week. This man is entertaining. He is big as fucking. He just be flying around and shit. And also the match he had with Kevin Owens, I liked what Kevin Owens was doing. Usually they portray him as a coward the whole time, but. He switched up his wrestling style because he knew Braun was bigger and stronger and he knew he was wounded. Also, shout out to Kevin Owens for actually selling the damage that he had done at fucking Raw Rumble through that match. Meanwhile, Roman Reigns is out here running like ain't shit fucking happened. Who? Speaking of that, he fucking interfered in the match. We knew he would, but he went Superman again. Speared Braun, took out Braun, and then he went Spear Kevin Owens again. I, I'm tired of Roman Reigns. I am tired. The only way this will ever work is if WWE realizes... They can have the best, not the best heel, but have the most hated 
heel in the company if they decided to t- like pull the trigger on a Reigns heel turn. If they did that shit, I wouldn't like Reigns still, but I I would I would have reason to fucking boo him besides him being a Superman every week. So pull the trigger, turn this man heel, do something. What they should have done is have Roman Reigns be Triple H's hired gun and have Roman Reigns take out Seth Rollins and send Samoa Joe to SmackDown. I'm going to talk about more of that later because that's a huge talking point right now in the WWE Universe. Major news broke today. Um, I'm going to talk about it right now. We all know Samoa Joe debuted. Great he debuted on Raw. Everybody thought he was going to debut on SmackDown. Debuted on Raw. Took out Triple H. I mean, uh, took out Seth Rollins. He's Triple H's hired gun. But word coming today. Seth Rollins re-injured his leg during that segment. And at first we didn't know if it was a work or if it was just, you know... Feels real. We didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. And rumor has it he may miss WrestleMania again. He could be out four to six months. That is a devastating blow. He missed WrestleMania last year because of an, because of an injury. And to do it two years in a row because of an injury, I know that has to hurt Seth Rollins. I hope everything's okay with him. Hope it's all good with him. But right now it's not looking not looking too good. So what now? They were building for Seth Rollins versus Triple H at WrestleMania. What what happens with that? Uh that uh, from what I've read, they're trying to figure out what to do with Triple H if he's still having a match at WrestleMania. A few things have come out, maybe sending Samoa Joe to uh, SmackDown to face John Cena, but where's the logic in that? And another thing I saw was Samoa Joe have this this angle with Triple H. I don't know what's gonna happen with that. It's so unfortunate that it happened right at at the kickoff of Royal WrestleMania. The the story was just building up. It's a shame it had to happen, but I'm about to look long term for y'all, okay? Last time Seth Rollins got injured, he was a heel, correct? He returned, fans loved him, came out the next night, and was still a heel. Still hated the crowd, still hated everybody. He didn't turn face until Triple H basically backstabbed him. So fans really couldn't get behind Seth Rollins because he was still in his cowardly ways and still willing to take the easy route. That's why fans really couldn't connect with Seth Rollins as a babyface right now. But listen to this right here. This is what I'm thinking. Seth Rollins is now injured. He's missing WrestleMania again. But he's injured as a face. Okay? He, he's he's going to have the sympathy, sympathy from fans this time. Especially from the casual fans. When he actually returns in four to six months. In four to six months to com- uh, confront Samojo. He will have a tremendous fucking pop. And he will come back and probably be the top face in the company after this injury. So what I'm saying is this injury may be a blessing in disguise. Because his... His face run never really got going. And it looked like it was going to get going in this feud, but it got halted. Basically, Seth Rollins really needs to redesign, rebuild, and then reclaim again. So if he comes back with that chip on his shoulder as a face this time and the crowd loves him, we could be looking at the biggest face in the company once he returns. I just hope WWE doesn't lose faith in Seth Rollins because your biggest asset is your availability. If you are available 24-7, you are a tremendous asset. And if you aren't available all the time, WWE will be hesitant to push you. They will be hesitant to put you in long storylines. So I hope WWE does not lose face in uh, Seth Rollins because of this. He's a tremendous talent, tremendous dude. He deserves this. So hopefully, I hope they do not lose faith in Seth Rollins. Where does this leave WrestleMania? I have no idea. I have no idea where they go. But what I do love about this is Samoa Joe wasn't hiding from the fact on it on Twitter. He tweeted out my mentions right now with a gif of, of, of somebody crying. So he's taking it in. He's trying to be that monster heel. Matter of fact, he also quote, t- uh, quote tweeted 
WWE post that Seth Rollins was injured. And he quote tweeted and put, at Triple H, I think I got the job done or some, some, something to the extent of that. He, he is embracing the heel life. And that is what Raw needs. A true heel somebody can boo. Raw doesn't have that. Their biggest heel on Raw is fucking Roman Reigns, who is supposed to be the biggest face on Raw. How does that go, you know? I don't understand it. But Raw needs that super heel. SmackDown has it, The Miz. Everybody hates The Miz. Um, AJ Styles a tweener. Somebody hates him. But anyway, Raw needs a monster heel, so Samoa Joe better be that heel. So far, he's embracing that life, and hopefully they keep him as a monster heel on Raw. But like I said, I have no idea where this leaves WrestleMania. I don't know where this leaves Triple H's match at WrestleMania. I don't know where this leaves Samoa Joe in the fold for WrestleMania. A lot of uncertainty going up in the air after the Royal Rumble. Where we thought something was certain. We thought we was going to get Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Now we have no idea. Hopefully, hopefully he can come back before then, but it's not looking good. I'm thinking, here's what you do with Samoa Joe. I think you just have him go on a tear on Raw. Just dominate everybody until he says, I want competition. And then you know who comes out? Finn Balor. And the rest writes itself, basically. Had a few to NXT here in the main roster. They need a match for WrestleMania. There you go. Book it. Now on to talking about SmackDown for the week. SmackDown popped off with John Cena. New 16-time champ. And he got interrupted by the Wyatt family. Well, I ain't even going to say the Wyatt family. He got interrupted by Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. They came down... And they were about to attack him, and then the lights went off again, and Luke Harper is side-by-side with John Cena, ready to take on Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. I dig it. And, of course, even though Teddy Long wasn't there, Shane came out and said, play a play a play. We need a tag team match. So we had Luke Harper and John Cena. I know, a weird tag team. Versus Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. I think it's funny. Uh, didn't Eric Rowan team with John Cena, too, after he got demolished from the Wyatt family? Yeah, he did. He did. Anyway... What what shined through in this match is the crowd was actually cheering on Luke Harper while he was tearing Orton's ass up. Which is very odd to me because most fans still cheer Orton even though he's supposed to be a heel right now in the Wyatt family. So for Luke Harper to get some good cheers in Corpus Crispy, Texas, for heaven's sakes. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Corpus Crispy? Corpus Crispy. Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi, Texas, which is also the worst crowd in the United States. Luke Harper was getting fucking cheers in, in that fucking town, in the worst wrestling crowd of all time. That has the potential to be something. I'm a big fan of Luke Harper. He's probably the best, one of the best big men in the company. He can get it done in the ring. He is agile. And most importantly, his face. His face tells a story. And it's just beautiful for wrestling to have somebody who, who can tell a story with their facial expressions. So, Luke Harper has this potential to be a great, great, great member on the SmackDown roster. He could be challenging for the Incontinental Championship soon. He has that. He has it. He has it. I believe he's a future world champion, in my opinion. Um, Maybe that's just me seeing it. I'm a big fan of Lou Harper. But for him to, you know, be getting some face reaction, that's pretty good. But also, he's not fully faced yet. Bray Wyatt still has this mind control over Lou Harper, where Lou Harper just, he just can't, he just can't go against Bray Wyatt for some reason. And... I like it. There's stories unfolding within this story. And it's just great. There's layers and layers and layers into this Wyatt family story. And I think it's one of the best the best like told stories WWE has had in a while, to be honest with you. But yeah, hopefully they don't give up on Luke Harper. Hopefully Luke Harper gets more uh more of a chance to shine outside of the Wyatt family. 
Also, it was announced on SmackDown that next week we're having Randy Orton versus John Cena on live TV next week on SmackDown. Here's here's my feeling on that. That that should confirm that 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 match is not happening at WrestleMania, which people are scared it is. So, what match are we having at WrestleMania? Well, last night they confirmed who's going to be in the Elimination Chamber in two weeks, and those the the participants in the Elimination Chamber will be John Cena, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, and The Miz. I also think Luke Harper should have took Dean Ambrose spot just because I think the IC title should have a match on that on that card, but. I'm not gonna be picking and choosing on that one. It should be a great match either way. But um so if they're not having Randy Orton versus Cena at at uh at WrestleMania, what are they having? I feel like they're gonna have Bray the win the title at Elimination Chamber, have Bray versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Easy to right, the right direction to go. And then what happens with John Cena after that? We don't know. But also on on SmackDown, we had a great television match. Dean Ambrose said he had unfinished business. With AJ Styles after what James Ellsworth did to him. Since James Ellsworth's out the picture, Dean Ambrose wanted some revenge. I also like the continuity in that story. Um, we've seen Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles many times, but AJ Styles just brings out the best in everybody, especially Dean Ambrose. And they had a great TV match. But it was very interesting. The commentary was almost as interesting as the match. The Miz was absolutely fucking brilliant on commentary. I've been saying this for a while. I'm going to restate it now. The Miz has a future behind the announce desk as a great heel announcer someday. I hope he realizes this and does it because he can be a snarky heel, but he could put people over. He put over the phenomenal AJ Styles. When David Otunga started ranting about shit and started going off topic about The Miz, The Miz brought attention back to the match about how phenomenal AJ Styles is. David Otunga is a cancer to that commentary team. They do not need him. Take him away from the booth. I don't know what the fuck he's still doing on TV. But while Miz was on commentary, Baron Corbin came out too and joined commentary. It was a stacked desk on SmackDown. The Miz was ripping into everybody. He was ripping into Corbin. He was ripping into the Tunga. He, the only person he wasn't ripping into was fucking JBL. The Miz was fantastic on commentary. Ended up getting under Baron Corbin's skin and Baron Corbin started whipping his ass on commentary. Which then led to it spilling into the ring which distracted the ref from pinning from the pinning predicament uh, Ambrose had on AJ Styles. He was going to win the match. But the ref was retracted. Otherwise, therefore, Dean Ambrose dived on the outside, took them both out, came back in, caught a Styles Clash and lost. It was a great main event. It, it shined the light on everybody that's going to be in the Elimination Chamber. So I thought it was a fantastically booked uh, main event segment on SmackDown. The middle, the, Other than that, SmackDown was really poor this week. It held it down. The opening and ending segment held it down. Mm, I, I like SmackDown. Their stories keep me, they keep me involved. They keep me, they keep me like ready to watch. You know what I'm saying? Other than that stuff happening, they had a good, they had a good tag match between Mickey James and Alexa Bliss versus Naomi and Becky Lynch too. But nothing really significant went down in either other thing on SmackDown. Elimination Chamber is right there around the corner. I don't know why they only gave them two weeks to book it. American Alpha is going to be in a tag team turmoil match. Lord forbid that's probably going to be tragic unless... Unless the top guys come. SmackDown, with, with Samoa Joe going to Raw, SmackDown needs Ty Dillinger, another mid-card star, and a tag team like The Revival. Because their tag team division is piss poor right now, other than American Alpha. Who, who, who are their challenges? We need The Revival on SmackDown. We need Ty Dillinger on SmackDown, and I'll be happy. SmackDown is a good show every week, but yet it can improve in so many fucking ways. 
So if SmackDown continues to improve, they are the brand to watch. Fuck Raw, as always. But now that was all the major talking points this week, man. WWE is hectic. We're on the road to WrestleMania. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I'm in shock at the Seth Rollins injury. Hopefully it's all as well with that. But we just got to keep our eyes on the news. Last but not least, go follow me on iTunes and Google Play, please. Go subscribe to that shit. Go follow my SoundCloud. Go buy some merch. Do everything possible. And remember, I am looking for somebody to be on my on my podcast on the segment off the top where we argue wrestling. That's all I want. But anyway, man, this has been Wrestling with ASAP with your host ASAP. I'm going to fuck with y'all next time. Holla. Peace.